Welcome to the final episode of Our World, God's World, Series 2. My guest to answer the eight questions today is Trevor James, a pioneer minister in Canesham near Bristol in the United Kingdom. He's employed by the Church of England to work in the community on the five marks of mission. The five marks of mission adopted by the Anglican Communion in the 1990s are one, to proclaim the good news, two, to nurture people already inside the church, three, to provide loving service to the community, four, to challenge injustice in the world, and five, to care for the environment, God's world. I first spoke to Trevor in July 2021. Hi, how are you doing Trevor? Uh, I'm here with another Trevor uh, this morning, so uh, yeah, it's good to be in good company. Uh, thank you for inviting me along. Um, as, I, as you said, my name's Trevor James and I moved here to Canesham 18 months ago um, when I was appointed as the Pioneer Minister for the Church of England in the parish of Canesham. And uh, I'm attached to St John's Church and working in partnership to bring the kingdom, to go out in loving service and create new ways of doing this thing called faith and church. Thank you. You mentioned Canesham. Would you like to explain to our listeners that might be listening anywhere in the world exactly where to find Canesham? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, Canesham's conveniently located in smack bang, smack bang in the middle of two wonderful cities, uh, the beautiful city of Bath with its heritage and history and the beautiful city of Bristol with its arts and its music. And it, it, it's actually very much influenced by the both of them. Um, there's a lot of creativity in Canesham. There's a lot of action and activation, uh, activism, that's the word I'm looking for. There's a lot of activism in Canesham. And uh, if there's something going on and there's a need, it seems that the community come together here and, and find a way to move through that. And it's a real privilege to be here. And I'm still relatively new. I couldn't call myself a, a native yet, but um, I'm slowly getting there. Excellent. Thank you, Trevor. So straight on to our first question. We've been talking about Canesham. Choose four adjectives to describe it. Um, well, I'll go with... Three positives and one negative. So um, Canesham's definitely friendly. Um, it's very generous in its time and in its finances. Partnership, there's a real cooperation in Canesham, um, but there is an element of frustration. So it's a very frustrated town. Were they hard to choose those four adjectives? Oh, absolutely because I could have gone along the lines of, of activism, I could have gone along the lines of creative, I could, you know, there, there are many adjectives to describe Canesham. Which would be the dominant one of those four, do you think? Oh, it's definitely between partnership and generosity and generous, I think. You know, I, I've worked with churches together here uh, since landing here in Canesham in November 19. And I've lived in Birmingham, uh, I've lived in Torquay, 
And I've never seen such a cooperation of, of churches together. It isn't just a bunch of ministers getting together to meet and, and air out, but there's a real movement of the churches and a real cooperation. And to date, I haven't seen the, you know, the, the common thing that happens in churches together where, you know, theological bumps happen and, and there's uh, potentially just disagreements within those groups. But actually, I, I just haven't witnessed that here. And it's, it's actually beautiful. It just reminds me of what we're called to do, which is to, to live in unity with one another. That is really inspiring. And I'm glad you find that. Um, but you did say frustration. So is somewhere there's a bit of frustration. Yes, definitely. Um, Canesham has, a, has an ideal, I think, like many, many locations and many towns of how it would like to live. And as usual, there are pockets of disruption to that ideal and people who don't want to cooperate, which obviously causes a natural frustration. And I think that is added by the continual development of Canesham. Um, so people don't quite know where they stand yet. Canesham's growing in community, in population, and it hasn't settled yet. Um, that development's been going, I think, since 2014. I may be wrong on that, but around that time. And I don't think it's going to be complete until 2030. So, you know, as, as a town, they're, they're still inviting and welcoming these, these new folk and trying to wrestle and negotiate that as they go along. And obviously, the, what comes with that is it's, it's a real beautiful green belt. And there's a lot of green and uh, heritage here. And, and for some folk that have been brought up here and born here, there's, there's a real grieving of that. There's a loss as these developments happen. But it's a reality for the whole country. You know, we, we're, we're overpopulated and we need more homes. And that's, that's a reality. So, yeah, I, I, the, the, there is a frustration there. But saying that, it's not a frustration that just creates a negativity and people are actually looking for a way to become the, the solution to the problem rather than just pointing at the problem. And again, that's, that's encouraging. That comes back to that, that partnership and generosity of Keynesham. And this obviously is one of the roles that you feel that you have to encourage the, the good things in the community and address some of the frustrations. Absolutely. You know, we, as the Church of England, we, we work within the five marks of mission. So one of those things is, is to operate within unjust structures and stand together and, and move forward to, to find solutions. And yes, absolutely. Part of my role is to bring communities together. Um, it isn't just about uh, creating new disciples, which obviously we all love to see. We love people coming to Christ and coming to know the Lord. But I think before we get to that place, we have to enter a community with a loving service mm. to come in as servants. Which I see as our priority calling as Christians uh, to lay ourselves down and, and make room for others and to connect the community and also signpost it to Canesham and, and really highlight the beauty of what this town has to offer. Um, it's quite easy on a lot of these new developments. They're very much on the fringes of Canesham. And it's very, very easy for folk to choose Bristol or Bath to go and do life, do shopping, do activities. But um, part, I see part of my role here as, as embracing Canesham and, and signposting uh, the beauty of what it has to offer. Thank you, Trevor. We'd better move on to the second question. 
Apart from personal things, what two things do you think about most? Um, obviously, with my role being a pioneer uh, minister, and it's a bit cliche, but even before I was in this role, I think since I became a Christian, uh, which I'll be celebrating my 20th spiritual birthday uh, this year, um, I've always just had a heart for mission and it's always on my mind. Um, I have a very overactive mind that is that never really shuts up. It's always, it's always on the move and on the talk. And, and I have um, a natural ability to just connect dots and, and have vision. And my mind is always set on that. I think when I have any, any moments of quiet time or time to myself, uh, that's naturally where my, my mind goes. Um, and I actually just get really excited and it feels like a, a child like excitement when when I see the Lord moving in front of me and I you know we're always catching up with the Holy Spirit we can never 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 uh, supersede the Holy Spirit and 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 be one move ahead and it, and it just excites me when I see the Holy Spirit moving in front of me I can see the dots connecting and it and yeah it's it's always forefront of my mind secondly uh it's just the state of the world and I think we're all in that place right now aren't we as a nation as a as a community, um, things are pretty messed up right now. And it's impossible to get away from that, you know. So my mind definitely gravitates to thoughts such as the injustice of, of racism, um, the mess we're making of creation. Uh, and, it, and it, like many others, it grieves me. It's, it's painful to see. And I don't think any of us can really try and ignore what's happening. And I think the biggest fear, which I don't like to operate in that in that arena too often but I have children and they're young and I just wonder what we're leaving behind for them at the moment there, there seems to be no stability but to come out the positive end of that that's where I see mission being most active that we can be, again become a solution to that problem Christ promises to, to make a way and you know and we're called more than conquerors as, as Christians and, and I believe no matter how bad the circumstances can look around us, we can be assured that there's a loving God on our side, that a God that can part waves when the sea is in front of us, a God that can douse fires when we're standing in, 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 in the midst of a pit and keep lions at bay. So although there's a fear there, I still go back to my default that actually, you know, there's mission in this mess to be had. I can detect your excitement of God in the middle of creation and addressing the things that you that that concern you, but also the promise of things to come. Absolutely. And I think we need sometimes, don't we? We need that catalyst. Mm -hmm. um, so the reason I'm a pioneer minister is because of my frustration of the church. Now, I'm not frustrated with the church and I'm going to walk away from her and and spit my dummy and say, well, you've got it all wrong. I'm going to make a new way for myself. But actually, it's a frustration to say, no, there's more than this. And I think that's the situation we're in in this world right now. We're, we're in an awakening, aren't we, of people as, as, as the system's crumbling around them. They're no longer as dependent on it and they are no longer as trustworthy of it. But as Christians, we have this alternative to offer, this kingdom, this other kingdom, and say, look, there's another way to do this thing called life. So although it's, there, is, there is an anxiety of the future, there's, there's opportunity, definitely. Thank you, Trevor. Wonderful. Question three. What's your favourite book, movie, TV or radio show and why? 
um, that's one of the easiest questions ever. The Matrix, the film The Matrix, um, hands down. And not many people know who Sophia Stewart is, but she was the writer of The Matrix. And she also wrote The Terminator. And she's just a, a real great thinker and thinks right outside the box. And I absolutely love that film because they've captured the reality of our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's used, they're using um, machines um, to, to illustrate this, um, all the way through the film, you can see the truth of the gospel running throughout the film. And it just excites me. I'll watch it over and over again and I'll find new nuggets in it. Um, and especially the, the, the main concept of that film is the human race is living in slavery and they don't know it and they can't see it. And they live in a prison that they can't see, smell or touch. And they need their eyes opened and to see what the reality and the truth is. And as a Christian, I, I fully believe that. I, I, and then the Bible describes that as people as being blind until they can see and being dead until they're alive in Christ. And yeah, that, that film just hits it on the, the nail on the head for me. It was at the age of 15 I first watched it. And um, my son's even called Neo, which is the name of the main character. So <laughs> yeah, you can see my passion for the film. It did start off as a joke, but we actually ended up liking the name. So yeah, he's stuck with it now. Oh, lovely. Oh, so yeah, because Plato said it thousands of years ago with his cave and, and you can see he too saw that there was reality outside of what we see and yet we are blind to it and the matrix is a film that addressed you as a young person Mm. and uh, probably continued to address people Mm. absolutely would you have the other films that follow on from it oh what matrix reloaded and revelation yes (laughs) yes so that goes on to continue the story especially at the end of revelation uh, revolution sorry yeah is is when neo dies and and sacrifices himself for uh humanity and and to bring an end to the war once and for all Uh, it's just a real illustration of christ and what christ did for us on the cross but he made a way for us yeah we'll have three films there it's three, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's one really. It's, it's sort of like the Hobbit. Yeah, it continues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't watch the Hobbit without the Three Kings. It's, uh... <laughs> That's very interesting. I'd better get on. Uh, if you were to become a castaway, this is question four. Like Tom Hanks in the movie, other than the obvious practical things, what would you most like to find in one of the FedEx boxes on your island? Okay, well, I could go for the easy option and say the Bible, but that's just too easy. And obviously, we'd all love the Bible with us. Um, But I think I'd have to choose a Rubik's Cube. Now, not because I enjoy puzzles, and I've never completed one in my entire life. But I think just having an overactive mind, I would need something really difficult to get my teeth into and keep me occupied. So, yeah, I'd I'd definitely say a Rubik's Cube. And one of these newer ones with even more little cubes. So that I, don't know, I think I need less. Cube. I think I need less, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll start off with a four square cube. <laughs> because if you solved it, then life could get yeah. a bit dull. Yes, absolutely. So suppose absolutely. it's how fast you can do it. That's the next thing, isn't it? You know. Yeah. And you keep breaking I've tried your... many times. Yes. <laughs> well, um, I'm sure one of those will, will definitely wash up for you when you are <laughs> stranded in the South Seas. Oh, you so. all the practical things as well. Yeah. Um, question five. Where or when do you feel closest to God and or spiritual things? 
Ah, well, if you would have asked me that question three years ago, um, Trevor, I'd have had a completely different answer. Um, so before, I was never happier than when I was surrounded by Christians in corporate worship. That was where I, I best connected with God. But I've been on a real journey over the last few years, and um, the Lord has really revealed to me that He isn't cooped up inside a building, and that we don't necessarily need that. And I've gone to a a new place and, and I experience God the most when I'm in that secret place and especially when I'm out in creation um, every morning I do something called be still and no matter how I feel before I do that as tired as I feel how much stress there is in my coming day um, when it's just me and God in that moment even though it's only 20 minutes in that silent place where I'm not approaching God with any requests with any expectations and just simply being in his presence, there is no closer place for me now. And, and I, I wouldn't swap it back for the corporate worship. But don't hear me wrong, I still love corporate worship and it's a beautiful thing. But yes, I, I love that secret, quiet place. Thank you, Trevor. That is inspiring. What's the best piece of good news you've received in the last month? And the best news was seeing, and we, we have a uh, primary school being built on the new development in Hooger Park. And it was, it was a major part of my role. And it hasn't been, you know, the ground has just been sitting there for the last nearly two years now. And we saw um, diggers roll up uh, just over a week ago, uh, which was fantastic news that the ground is being broken, that things are moving, and it looks like the school will be built by next September, by the, the intake of 2022. So, you know, it's really encouraging. So I was actually concerned because at the moment, just the way we're situated in Hooger Park, um, there's no communal ground. And actually there's a real there's a real community movement happening here and the community want to come together and there's, and there's a hunger and a thirst for it, but there's no nowhere for us to meet. Um, there's not even a play area built at the moment or no grassland. Um, so when the school's built, it will be a fantastic opportunity to, to create space for community and some form of hub and also some form of, of worship or alternative worship. That sounds exciting. And so um, this next month, you don't know what the news is going to be yet, but what would be the best piece of news you think you could receive in the next month? Uh, the best piece of news I could. Uh, oh, Wow that COVID has gone away and we can all come back together. And, you know, it's not about the, the entertainment that I'm missing. It's not about the fun that we're lacking, but actually it's just the togetherness. And I think we're all lacking human connection. And going back to that corporate worship, it's really affected corporate worship. So I don't, I'm, not, I'm not under the impression that it's going away and it's, not, it's looking like we're going to have to live with it. But again, I believe in a God that is bigger than that. And a way through this would be fantastic news that when we reach 2022, that we can all come together and, and start doing life and humanity together again. Thank you, Trevor. Um, and so now we come to the last question, question eight. Have you got a message to give to the world? I'm anticipating <laughs> that you have. I don't know. I, I wrestled with this. So I thought I'd just wait until I was here and, and see what happens in the moment, Trevor. Um, my message to the world would be stop taking life so seriously. 
I think we all get stuck in the church and in the secular in this great importance of, of climbing up a system of succeeding of it's surrounded by pressures and actually I believe we were created to enjoy this life um, not by the commodities and, and the riches of this world but to enjoy the beauty of it in relationship with God to be in his presence like a child and I think we've got in, all got into a trap of taking life too seriously and being a bit too serious and pleased with ourselves, with our own achievements. Um, I think we're the only ones who get so pleased with it. The others around us are, are living their own lives. And I would just, yeah, I would advise, stop taking it so serious. Have fun. Come, to, come before God as a child. Forget about the things you think you know, because he has a lot more to teach you. That I find really helpful. And is there anything you would like to add before we finish, Trevor? Um, no, I just think it's been a pleasure coming on here, Trevor, and uh, and I hope that this ministry in itself really bears fruit for you, and and uh, and God uses it to convey His message, to convey uh, the message of creation, and and spread forth the five marks of mission that we're all living as Christians to to see achieved. I caught up with Trevor earlier this week. From the height of summer, we are now in the dark days of December. Oh, hi, you. Hi, Trevor. Good to, good to be here again. It's good to see you again. One of the things that you said you would like to happen in the next month was that the COVID pandemic would become less than it was and that we could get back to being more able to interact socially. But it seems to me that in fact, it's no better, if not worse, with this, with the threat of this new variant, this Omicron variant. So we are going to have to live with all the implications of this, living with social distancing, the threat that virus brings us. So my question is, how do we reach out as Christians? How do we do mission in a world where social interaction is reduced? How do we proclaim the good news? How do we conduct loving service? Well, there's a, there's a lot in there, isn't there, Trevor? And um, yes, you're right. At the end of the last one, we were just poking our heads out of the uh, restrictions and Actually, um, I had a fantastic opportunity with the help of some wonderful people. Uh, we built a small team. Um, they're a solid team. And what we decided to do, um, I just identified that they, they both had an artistic gift. And they both liked to translate this art um, through painting stones. So we got together and we just, we just prayed on what, what we could do with this gifting. Um, so we, we grabbed the gazebo. We went out into the community and... We started painting rocks um, we put the kettle on and we just invited people to join us. Um, and it's been really successful um, over the summer months. Um, we've interacted with various members of the community. Um, we're building real foundations of, of relationships, of trust. And I can really see people slowly beginning their journey towards Christ. And I'm really excited for where that is going to go in the future. But all that, you know, that, that is the first thing I'd touch on is, is what, what the opportunities are for us is to be available. So to make ourselves available for the community, to create space for them, 
Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a church, although church buildings can be a fantastic space, but not everybody has access to them. Um, actually, we can do the simplest things in our community and create a space and, and use the gifts that God's given us in that space. Um, we all know how to make a cup of tea. We all know how to put a table out. And, you know, you could just be called to sit and listen. And, yeah, that's, that's how we, we, we began um, creeping out of lockdown. So this gazebo, where did you take it? Okay, we took it um, in all sorts of places. But we turned up in, in lo- the local park and we put it up. We've also uh, got involved with the partner with Churches Together on a few of their events. Um, and there's also a lovely little spot um, down by the river. And it's a small green spot by the local um, car park. And we just plot up there. And it's, it's a beautiful, tranquil location. And also we use the sanctuary garden. But what happened was, and I won't go into too long a story because I understand this is limited, but we, we did start in the, in the sanctuary garden, which is a small space by the river that we just invite people to come and be. And I had tree problems, which meant one of two things. One, I just we just stop hosting Hope Rocks and we, we, we don't do anything about it or we go out. And it felt like a very natural nudge that we had to go out into the community. And it worked. And that's the amazing thing. Something that we, we thought would be temporary turned into a, an actual act of mission. I live on a new build estate, which is where the diocese have planted me. Um, and my whole role is, is predominantly around reaching uh, the new build estates in and around Canesham. Um, so we're going to host a, a great big carol service with rock painting, with Father Christmas coming, with carols, and all that will be happening in December. Sounds exciting. Thank you very much, Trevor. And um, we could talk forever on this. It's um, it's so lovely hearing you talk about all your ideas and how people are coming together and you're sharing with people. How does all this tie in with your message to the world of living simply and for the moment and a world that is not about possessions or ambition? Yes, really good question. I think simplicity starts with us. And like everything in our faith, uh, we, we set by example. So we live, especially at this time of year where, where consumerism is on steroids, where we just buy nonsense to, to give us gifts. Um, I think if we begin to show folk around us that we can live in a different way, and that actually that way uh, brings peace, brings hope and brings benefit, and people are more likely to, to follow us. Um, going back to that word tabernacles of the hope. So we, we carry the keys of the kingdom. So if we can just show people what that looks like in our own daily lives, and as we, we build relationships with, with especially people around me in the community, that we see we do things slightly different, and we, we bear witness naturally and in a natural way. And I think our faith is a very natural, holistic faith that, we shouldn't be boxing it in into one day a week in the church building. But actually, our faith calls us to a daily lifestyle. And I'm personally on the beginning of that journey of, of what that monastic lifestyle looks like. What does a daily rhythm of prayer look like? What does eating well look like? What does exercise look like? And what does that look like when we invite God into the midst of it? And we, we find that we don't need half of the things that we 
we we tend to buy <laughs> and we don't need to drive as far as we we tend to drive <laughs> so yeah so it's, it's a journey for myself trevor and um and I'll, i think what what i always try to do is invite people on the journey and it's seeking out people of peace that wish to join you on that journey yeah, thank that you was- trevor oh this is lovely to hear you talk so positively in a dark time of the year when everyone is worried about what's going to happen next and we have the hope of Christ in among us. And we are so grateful that you are witnessing and you are an example to other people and give us all courage to do the same. Would you like to finish for us with a prayer? This will not only finish this episode, but this whole series. So thank you very much, Trevor. Thank you, Trevor. It's been an absolute pleasure. Father God, God of all things, I thank you for, firstly, for Trevor, for calling him and poking him to go ahead and and do this, this podcast, where folk have an opportunity to hear the journeys and the stories of everyday people that are walking in faith for you and representing your kingdom. And I thank you that not one of us or no two of us are the same. That Lord, you you made us individually. Each one different in size, colours, denominations, and also gifting for each of us, all one in your body. And I thank you for the opportunity that we all have not just those that have spoken on this podcast, but each one of us that follows you to represent your kingdom, to declare your goodness, your hope and love for this world. So I simply end this prayer, Lord, asking that you touch us and fill us with your light and your hope. I pray that you give us the strength when we are weak, the love that when we feel forsaken, the courage when we're afraid, wisdom when we feel foolish, comfort for when we're alone, and the hope when we feel rejected and in fear, and peace in the turmoil of what this world offers us. But Lord, we thank you that we can rely on you, your strength, your love and your wisdom. You are our rock and our salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Trevor. You are welcome, Trevor. Thank you. Real blessing, Ray. Thank you. Good Thank you, Trevor. It's been great. Have a great Thank Christmas. You. you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is it. Trevor was my 13th and final guest for this series of Our World, God's World. My guests have been all so different from each other. I am amazed at how different, but I guess I shouldn't be, seeing that they come from so many different countries and backgrounds. If I have a message to give to the world, it is to listen to each other. Really listen to what people have to say what's on their hearts, what they have learned, 
what they have discovered works. Listen to people. Listen to people's pain because people can talk from their pain. Take time just to listen because we don't have enough opportunities, enough opportunities to share. Leave space for each other. Don't be always centred on ourselves, our concerns. It's not all about me and me being in the centre of the world. When we listen, the world can reveal some wonderful things, beautiful souls, exciting ideas. That is what I hope this series of Our World, God's World has tried to do. What my guests all have in common is an awareness of the presence of God and his love. Trevor James has urged us today to abandon attempts of trying to get on in the world and just let God help us into enjoying whatever we have. Virginie Pieplou in Paris encourages us not to lose heart but to do our bit no matter how small. Hannah Lau in Hong Kong urges us to dare to do the hard thing because God is there for us. Penny Hartley in West Yorkshire in the United Kingdom exhorts us to pray and keep praying. Sarah Voss from Norway in episode 7 sums that up really well. Allow yourself to be who you truly are. As we approach the season of Christmas, celebrating the light of the presence of God in a dark world, I think Sarah has so much to say to us. Thank you to all my guests and all of you who have listened and will listen. May God bless you richly. Merry Christmas.